0: Hey hey, everyone, I'm Katie McGregor-Bennett, your host of AV Trade Talk. I'm here this morning with Kat Wheeler. She's in the industry, you may know her, but after today's show, you certainly will. I tend to open a lot of shows that way, but you know, that's that's part of the reason we do these shows is to for you to get to know the cool people in the industry and the cool stuff they do in and out of the industry. This is one of those stories. So we'll uh, kick this off with a quick intro of Kat Wheeler. How are you, ma'am?
1: I am well. And thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Oh, that's kind of cool, because you and I have been in the industry for uh, what seems like a million years, though we've never actually met in person. Here's here's one of those pandemic silver linings. Uh, I forget who introduced you, but uh, you you and I do AV Yoga together on Wednesdays, and uh, I just think that's so cool, because we never met, and we did, and now we did because of yoga. Um, so I just, I just think, really cool. <laughs> I think
1: it's kind of cool. But as I came
0: really- to... As I came to get to know you a little bit, I realized that as usual, this is six degrees of separation as we were going around the room in yoga one day and it's like, eh, I used to work for Stuart, I used to rep Stuart, I used to sell Stuart. And it was just sort of, you know, guys, as it always is at a trade shows, it's like, I may not know you directly, but I'm sure we're probably connected indirectly. And so again, it's just <laughs> cool aspects of the industry and that's six degrees of separation. <laughs> Yeah, introduce yourself to the world, if you would, and share with us a little bit about what you do in in the world of AV, and then we'll kick over to the reason we're really here today.
1: Yeah, so uh, thanks for having me. I am Catherine Wheeler, and I have been in the AV industry for 18 years now, which is terrifying, uh, but currently I am one of the area sales managers for Snap AV and Control 4, so I cover Ohio, Western Pennsylvania, upstate New York, and West Virginia, and uh, Prior to this, I lived in New York City and I was a sales rep for Sapphire Marketing and Crestron. And before that, I lived in California and worked out there in the AV industry. And I started my career in Kentucky as the receptionist at an AV shop when I was uh, 20 years old. So it's been a, a long, interesting road to get here.
0: See, so here's another six degrees of separation. I grew up in California as well. And my first job in the industry was as a receptionist for a car audio retail chain. Went from there on to be a buyer and then got into this crazy world of communications. It's cool. It's cool. Another another connecting point. But, uh
1: yeah, yes. it's great that it works that way. I, I'm really fortunate when I when I first started, and I was a since We had a sales rep who would come in and call on um, our shop, and he was amazing. And he took me under his wing, and he was my mentor for years, and gave me my first sales job, and helped me get everyone after that. And he was a fantastic boss.
0: Yep, totally, totally. Same story, same story here. High five! <laughs> and kudos to the men who have mentored us, because I think that uh, you guys don't actually get enough enough credit. Mine is Lou Brown. Thank you, man. I couldn't be here. I wouldn't be here without you way back when. <laughs> so, all right, let's, let's shift gears here. Um, AV industry is super cool and everything you do there is amazing. But what I think is uh, equally amazing and maybe even more so is that over the course of the pandemic, you authored a book. And not just any book, but a book that I think many of you out there on the listening side will find uh, fascinating and Well, there's your introduction, but uh, from from the land of Katie, but Kat, kick us off. Tell us a little bit about the book, what it is, and uh, start off kind of with the inspiration, if you would.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, before we do any of those things, let me just say uh, for for legal reasons, uh, the book is a work of fiction, names, characters, places, events, incidents, uh, all the product of my imagination or are used fictitiously. So no one sue me. Um, But the book is called There Is No Cloud. And, uh, I wrote it actually. So I, all of you out there who are also outside sales reps will uh, feel my pain in this, but we see in a lot of hotels, uh, prior to the pandemic, I was on the road, you know, three weeks a month, four days a week, uh, usually, and you can only watch so much bad TV or work for so long or spend so much time in hotel bars. You have to find ways to kind of amuse yourself. And, uh, my whole life I've been a reader. I love books. I've been a reader forever I'm a fast reader and I thought there's uh, I'm a subscriber to Kindle Unlimited which is a service they have that lets you read as many books as you want uh, over the course of a month you pay a monthly fee and I was reading a lot of books uh, on there and I was like these are terrible I was like I can do this I was like I could do this better than than what's out there and so I decided that I would write a book uh, in hotel rooms while I was bored on the road and I did and then when the pandemic happened this last year I was like okay, uh, I'm going to focus and lock this down. And I got with a publisher and was able to kind of put it all together, finalize it and put it out. So it released on January the 12th of this year. So it's been a been a long road to get it there, but uh, I'm pretty proud of it.
0: Ooh, January 21st, that's so cool. So so what was the timeline? When did you actually start putting pen to paper?
1: Oh, I mean, okay. you're, I mean it had to have been two years ago. I couldn't yeah. even remember when I started it, but when I started it, it was a vague idea and it had... And what I had thought of was I was talking to somebody about it. I was like, I got to get a hobby. I'm going to write a book. And he was like, well, write what you know. And I was like, I know the gaming industry. And I had thought about it, you know, for some time with, I think my brain works in a weird way because I like mystery shows and like mystery novels. And every time new products come out, I'm like, how could we break it? Or like, I could totally rob a house with that. Like so, I think my brain works in a weird way because I always think that way about uh, our electronics and our industry and and what ways we can like can they can be manipulated. And so, I had the idea for the book as to what would happen if somebody took that to the next level. And it was, I mean, for for a long time it was very very short and I hadn't ever really finished it. And then you know, right towards the beginning of last year, so I would say in January February, I was like, all right, I'm really going to knuckle down and finish this, and did. And had a really rough, rough draft when I started working with the publisher, and it goes through so many iterations of beta reads and uh, editing and all of that stuff. So it really kind of became a real book uh, sometime last year. That is, that's so cool, so cool.
0: Okay, well, I, I, am foreshadowing a little bit here. So let's, 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 uh, let's dive in. There, <laughs> so there is no cloud. Give us a give us the premise and uh, and and set us up with with a few of the key characters.
1: Well, so the title I think is hilarious because I'd always thought it was really funny. there's there's you know little aV nerd jokes and one of those jokes is there is no cloud. it's just somebody else's computer. And I don't know why I think that's hilarious, but I, I absolutely do. Uh, my mom like literally thinks the cloud is a real thing. Like she thinks there's a cloud somewhere and that's where all our information it is. Lives and it
0: is. And there's all these little filing cabinets up there and they just and
1: store things. Yeah. She literally yeah. thinks it's in the atmosphere <laughs> somewhere. I don't, I don't know how that happens, but I, but I always thought it was really funny. I what it, those little jokes. So that's why I used it as the title. Um, but again, right. What, you know, so the book is about a girl who's an AV sales rep uh, for the world's largest home automation company. So familiar territory. And uh, she lives in New York City and she, you know, is going about her life, calling on her customers when uh, she finds some weirdness in a piece of consumer electronics. And uh, murders happen and she tries to help the police solve the crime using technology as, you know, one is want to do. As we all do, I'm sure. As and we I, all do, yes. As we all do. Uh, so that's where it kind of leaves the realm of reality and gets into the realm of fiction. Um, but the, I think some of the things that people in our industry would find interesting is there's um, there's a lot of personal uh, inf- like history in there with uh, her coworkers where they talk about the end users and, uh, you know, some interesting stories about... Uh, customer complaints with technology that are all true stories that are I think hilarious and that have stayed with me over the years. Cause just some of the things that happen are, are too crazy to make up. Uh, and then just kind of the way that she uses home technology and uses her integrators, her dealers to help solve the crime, I think is, it's kind of crazy and fun.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So give me uh, give us some examples of, of some of those <laughs> real world examples. <laughs>
1: So uh so there's there's a point in the book she has two coworkers that are on her team and they all sit around and you know they have a weekly call where they kind of try to blow off steam and and on the call they talk about uh who's who's had the worst week and who's had the worst meetings and who's had the worst you know dealer end user interactions and this actually happened to me so i think it's one of the most hilarious things in the world uh i had I had i was working for Crestron and i had an end user call me because she couldn't figure out how to work a Crestron shades okay. So it happens. Uh, So we're talking and we're talking and we're trying to figure out, you know, why the shades won't work. And she's using the app on the phone and, you know, they won't go up, they won't go down. Nothing's happening. I'm like, okay, do you know who your integrator is? No idea. Do you know where your equipment is? No idea, you know? And the more and more that we talk, the more it comes, we come to realize she didn't have motorized shades. She just went in the app store, bought the app because it said it would make her shades move and thought that it would, would motorize without any mechanics the blinds that came with her apartment when she bought it. And it stuck with me as one of the most hilarious things that had ever happened Dying to me. <laughs> he was so mad at me and she was really upset. And we, I mean, obviously I can't refund her hundred dollars for the app because that's an Apple thing. You bought it there. She, I mean, I've never had somebody scream at me. So, I mean, I, who knows? So that's one of the kind of little tidbits from just working in the industry that came out in the book, which I thought was hilarious. And I know we all have a million of those stories where things just go absurdly wrong for some reason. Uh, and I just, I always really enjoyed that. So being able to share those uh, in the book, I think are kind of funny. And I have a zillion more. So the sequel will be chock full as well. Um, yeah. So I think those are really highlights oh, of it.
0: Oh, I just got a little scoop drop there. Cause there's a sequel coming to this book.
1: Oh yeah, there's, there's yeah. There's a series planned.
0: Ah. (laughs) Excellent. Okay, I'm still, I'm like, I'm literally wiping tears from the corner of my (laughs) eyes with that story. And you're right, there are a million, (laughs) there are a million of those. But what I think is really interesting ab- about where this where this book takes you as the reader is these are, this is all very familiar to us in A B, but I think it's also very familiar p- for just the common consumer as well, and and voice assistants and the, the frustrations that we have with these things and the curiosity about what they might be listening to and the deeper curiosity about why is it when I talk about a pulled pork sandwich in my living room with my husband then I find those ads chasing me around on every platform isn't that creepy? But now I know where to get a pulled pork sandwich, right? So I think that there's sort of this. <laughs> most people have experienced some of this. Technology is cool but creepy at the same time, and uh, and I love that you sort of evoke that <laughs> throughout this throughout this book. I have I have not read to the end. I'm saving. <laughs> I'm literally saving myself. But I got up through chapter six and I realized that that's that's where I needed to to stop and really uh, uh, start sinking into the story because up to that point you do such a great job with the character development and and you know Barry the owner of the integration firm, you know, being, being an awesome hippie dude. And, you know, it's just, I can only imagine, like, (laughs) I can only imagine how this is going to resonate with, with readers, particularly from the industry. I love how in chapter two, you started off with the truck roll scenario, which is just, you know, that's, that's been my world for so long. It was like, yeah, girl, (laughs) you have no idea how much this truck roll is going to cost me. The owner says, sound familiar guys. Yep.
1: (laughs) Never had no. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think when we, when we think about technology, we're kind of, it's so weird for, it's weird for us versus what's weird for the consumers and what their level of expectation is from what they see in marketing and advertising on television and what they expect from consumer electronics versus what our experience is as, you know, industry people. So we have a different interpretation of what technology is and does. And I think when you start going down the rabbit hole of what data do i put out there and what information does my does my technology collect and is it secure and all of those things that come along with that it's really it's not a far leap to get really to really go down that rabbit hole and get mentally crazy about what actually what actually is happening and what you what you give your consent for and to take that an extra step further to say how could somebody use those things against you to not just manipulate you as a person, but do anything they want to anyone, it's not a very far leap. So it doesn't take, doesn't take a lot of suspension of belief to buy the premise of this book because it's not that far outside of reality.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it, that's another one of the things that I love about it and because it is so, it's so familiar, but it, it just keeps pulling, pulling you along because you know, it, it, I think it's the, the characters and the way that the story unfolds. it, it is, it's so familiar and, and, and funny. <laughs> you know, of um, course, until the murders start, that's not. That, that's until the murder starts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> until that point though. No. <laughs> and
1: poor so, Chuck's the poor guy who gets murdered, sorry. Right. Oh.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh dun dun, dun. <laughs> see now you heard it. Your tech support guy gets it. All right. All right. So uh, kind of kind of throwing this one on uh on you uh surprise, surprise. Now I'm giving you time to be surprised. But favorite favorite part of the book, and is there any chance that you can read it or at least give the the flip note on it? Um
1: yeah, I mean I think so the the best parts to me, um I think the best parts to me are the ones where she has, again, two coworkers that her, her little friends and uh, they're a good little team together. And they have these moments where they're working through the, the mysteries and, you know, talking it all out together and going through the tech and how it all works and, and what's going to happen. And those are my favorite parts. Cause I think the kind of interaction between all of them is really cool and really true to life uh, and kind of reminiscent of our industry and how we think. Um, but I think some of my favorite parts are actually ideas that were given to me by my dealers. So, you know, obviously I've been, been writing this and finalizing it for such a long time that uh that it has been talked about in my life uh with my friends and coworkers and some of the guys I work with it. and we're talking about there's a there's a moment in the book and a scene where she's going to break into this guy's house. And she's obviously not a criminal. She's never broken into a home before. And she's like, I can do this. She's like, I know where all his tech is. And she's scanning his network and, you know, figuring out what equipment he has and, you know, the whole kind of situation that I guess one would do if you were going to do that, I wouldn't know. Um, But I'm talking to a lot of the guys that I work with about it and how you would do it. And one of the guys goes, oh, he's like, you're making it too hard. He's like, that's He's like, that's way too hard. He's like, you don't have to do all that to break into somebody's house. He's like, you're going to, you're going to want to get on YouTube and Google this. He's like, you can break in, you know, to anybody's uh, Amazon Alexa with a laser in your cell phone. He's like, he's like, oh, you got to do is pull out that laser from your fiber kit, plug it in your cell phone. He's like, and there you go. And I was like, seriously. And he's like, yeah. So I got on YouTube, checked it out, watched it. I was like, oh my God, I'm like, you can really do that. I'm like, I sold. I'm like, and that's how it works out. And so that's kind of one of my favorite parts. Cause it's, it's something that, in reality is exceptionally hard. And as I watch the YouTube video and they're trying to explain how it works, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I can, but I can do it. Uh, And you could, and anyone could. And it's, it's kind of those little crazy moments that we realize, like how technology puts us there, that it's interesting.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think that's the thing, as you said, you know, it's amazing what, what will freely give consent four or two but at the same time you know we're all we'll we'll also be very freaked out about you know not giving consent to things and it's like yeah but you just enabled this
1: over here and really that's 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 not the bad part yeah exactly
0: (laughs) exactly exactly so there are many lessons to be learned throughout this throughout this book as well which is as we remind you a complete work of fiction um so yeah, complete. <laughs> Let's just keep repeating that, everyone. <laughs> uh, well, I am so excited to finish the book, and I—it's funny as we've—we've we've talked about this for several weeks. We've—we've uh, we've had to reschedule this podcast a few times, and thank you for that. <laughs> um, but it's—it's it's funny as we—as I talk to this with other people around the industry. As we and there's a few that's like, oh, you
1: got to read that
0: still. You know, they bought it, but they haven't read it yet. So this is your uh, call to action there, uh, industry friends. Like, read the book if you already have it. And if not, you need to order it. Now, there's a perfect segue. Where do we order it from?
1: Uh, it's available on Amazon right now. So i uh, it's available. You can go to Amazon and search either by my name, my author name, which is Kat Wheeler, uh, or you can search by There Is No Cloud and it will come up. There's an author page for me and the book is available on uh, Kindle for ebook version or it is available in hard copy. Uh, it is available exclusively on Amazon for the next 90 days because it's enrolled in the Kindle Unlimited program. So if you have that, you can read it for free. Um, but after that, it'll go broad for broad release. Cool.
0: Oh man, I I'm just so excited, and I'm so proud of you. It's this what an awesome thing to do, and and how fun you know keeping <laughs> do right about what you know. It's a you know, good 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 tip there. But I just I, it's just so cool, and uh, I'm like I said, I'm just I'm just so, so stinking proud of you cat. It's awesome.
1: Congratulations. <laughs> It was fun. It's it's. I I like to tell stories, and I think stories are interesting. I like. I said I'm a big mystery fan, so I think I think that's a really fun thing to do. And then turns out once you finish doing that, all the work that goes into producing a real thing is a little bit harder than I think you think it would be. It was a lot. I've I've, I've read that book probably a thousand times at this point, and I'm ready to move on to the next one because well. Wow.
0: <laughs> do you still find Do you still find things in it that you're like? Oh. Probably would have, you know. Are you finding those little faults that that I think artists and creatives always do, no matter how how oh, yeah. good the work is, when you turn it in? For, yeah,
1: for sure. Like I took um, I took a month after it got released, and I I didn't touch it, and then I actually read the hard copy version of it because I was really excited to you know, a, see it in print. It's a real thing now, and I'm pretty proud mm-hmm. of that. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I hadn't read it, and as I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, I should have changed that, or oh, I could have made this sound better, or whatever. But you get to a point with that where you just have to make yourself stop. Cause I could have revised it till the cows came home. And I think one thing that's actually really hilarious is there's actually a huge mistake in the book because um, over the course of the last year, as it goes through beta reads and more edits and final edits and all of these things with reviewers, um, the reviewers make suggestions like, and with this being a book about technology, there was a lot of the, I don't understand. Uh, this isn't clear. Like, could you please explain this more? So a lot of what's in there, and I'll, I'll tell everyone who does read it, some of the technology is a little, it's not 100,000% right. Uh, but to explain it and to make the story move along, it, we're gonna just going to go with it the way that it is. Because to, to write it all out was exceptionally challenging. And turns out people do not like reading lengthy explanations of how technology works. Uh, not fun. So uh, having to kind of call that down and make it make sense was something that we worked on, you know, over the course of the year, so that people that aren't in our industry could read it and understand what was going on. Um, so right at the very end, right after the final edit happened in February, there was one thing that wasn't really clear to one of the final editors. And so she'd asked me to add like just a little paragraph in to kind of explain something. And I did. And when I did that, I there there are two characters in the book that I keep talking about that were uh the main character's teammates uh at her job. And one of them, or both of them are based on real people. And but obviously they use fictional names in the book. And both these guys know this. So this isn't a secret. Uh, one of their names is Ben. And in the extra little paragraph that I wrote towards the end of the book to kind of explain something further, i had actually written Ben instead of the, his name in the book, which is Bill. And so it's in it's in there. And he, he got it the night that it came out, obviously. And the first thing I woke up to the next morning after release day was a text message from him and a picture of it in the book. And he's like, oh, I think you made a mistake. And I'm like, ah, I'm like, of course, that's like the one thing that happens. So I, it's not a hard, hard stretch of imagination to figure out who that guy was based on anyway. But now if anybody had any curiosity, it's obviously Ben. Because uh, his name's in the book because I messed it up. So uh, it will get corrected. That's, and a, that's and a little dis- bit of
0: an Easter egg though. So now, you know, as you read the book and, <laughs> you <look laughs> and you're r- trying, r- trying to that- figure out who this Ben character might really be. I've definitely got my ideas circulating. Oh, yeah. You said you've been, but an Easter egg <laughs> good. You know, it, it never fails. I find it, I find it on with the work that we do as well. And it's, it's like, you know, a year later, you look at it and you're like, oh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I think that I think was the coolest thing that happened to me out of it is, you know, I'm a sales rep. I, I don't sell, I don't touch anything. I don't make anything. I don't, yeah. nothing physical is, is, I mean, obviously I do work, but I don't hand apart to someone else. Like everything yeah. is shipped from a manufacturer to an end user. And I'm just the middle person in that. So in my current role or the role I've had for so long, there's nothing I produce, right? Like I think our dealers get a lot of satisfaction out of the jobs that they produce. And at the end of it, you've made something and it's here. So for me completing this whole process and physically getting that, that first proof in the mail of that first book, like I made something and there's something so satisfying about that, that this didn't exist before I, before I made it. And there's a sense of pride that comes with that, that I don't think I, that I've never had before. Cause I'm not a, not a creative person. I'm not like an artist or any of, I don't make things. I'm not crafty. So this is kind of the first thing I've, I've produced for myself and there's some sense of accomplishment that comes along with that. That's, I think one of the coolest things that that I've done.
0: Absolutely. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you took time to, to mention that because it is, it's so true. You know, it's when you realize that through the course of your, your regular day or through your life and you're, you're, you know, this is kind of what you do. And then all of a sudden you have the opportunity to come over and do something over here and you finish it. And it's like, yeah, Awesome. I, I find that in, in my work too. It's like we're very rarely done with a thing, and we just continue to see a, a, a continuation of of the thing or an evolution of the thing. And and I, I like to finish things too. <laughs> I well,
1: I I, you have to say you're done at some point. Like I, I towards the end of it, I if I, I had to stop and just walk away. So yes, there's a yeah. million things I would change if I could. You know, in hindsight, looking back on it. But I, you know, we'll just fix all of those little things in the next book. Yeah, or not. And I love so, you the know. feedback from, um, from the people that have read it uh, have given such good feedback to me about uh, what they would like to see. You know, like, you know, you can do this with technology yeah. too. And if she's really going to get out there and be in, involved in another mystery and, and she does and she is, and she's trying very hard not to. And, you know, this was kind of a one-off for her, but uh, she obviously gets pulled back in in the next one. And so uh, all of the guys around me have been really cool about making suggestions about, you know, it would be really cool. And I'm like, I'm gonna use that. Yeah. <laughs> steal that from you. Totally so, gonna use that. Thank <laughs> you for that. That one is in the next book. That one will be yeah. There's That's just awesome. too much. I mean, yeah. what we do for a living is amazing and cool and super fun. And there's too many jokes and too many cool things that you can do with technology to leave it there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh I love it. I love it. All right. Well, so if people want to follow you on social media, how where, where do they do so?
1: So um yeah, so if people want to follow me on social media, uh on Twitter, it's at cat w author. Um it's, it's uh, on Goodreads, it's Catherine, it's Cat Wheeler. Uh my website is catwheeler.com. So all the links are available there if you follow on Facebook and Twitter, and then again on Amazon, it's uh Cat Wheeler. So and that's Cat Wheeler. Because Cat Wheeler was the only domain available, so it couldn't be Catherine when I wanted to do this. So so that's how we got the website <laughs> and got the name. <laughs> the pen name
0: or whatever. Oh, you know, it's a shorter URL. That actually is a, that's, that's a good thing. So, and that is cat with a K everyone cat with a K. It's
1: cat with a K. Yes. I'm sorry. I always assume people know that. I don't know why. Yeah.
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah out.
1: is good. It's cool. Uh, I think, you know, kind of one of the, uh, the fun things to me about it too, is uh, I got to work with a graphic designer when we were doing this to create the logos for the website and my author page and the logo and the cover for the book and all of those things. Cause I'm again, I'm not an artist. I have no idea. And she's really cool. And she sent me a little thing and was like, what's the book about? And I was like, I don't know. It's about, you know, technology in New York city. And, and from that she made the cover. And it was one of the first <laughs> like three things that she sent to me. And I was like, you're a psychic and a genius. I'm like, I will never, ever be able to be a graphic designer now. I know that now that I know what you guys do. Uh, and I was super impressed. So all the logos and all the cover in the book and all that stuff, I obviously didn't do that. But uh, there's a really talented graphic designer who did. <laughs> How did you get
0: her information? It, it, you know, it, it these projects like this take a village. And, you know, it, uh, it, you, you don't, I, I suspect it's pretty similar to our world where it's you don't really realize all of the different people you're going to need to pull into the project to get it get it done and 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 off the ground but it's uh it it takes as we say yeah
1: I no idea I had no idea how much went into it I was like you just write it down and that's a book turns out it's not um but it's been fun it's been one of the funnest journeys of of anything I've I've ever done and I I think it's really cool uh how it all came to be and it came out four days after my 40th birthday So I thought that was kind of a a milestone accomplishment for that kind of, uh, place in my life. So I think it's a really cool thing to have done. It's a great hobby to have, and that's kind of how I'm looking at it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow.
0: So awesome. So awesome. And and I'm hearing too, there's a really long timeline. Did you say it was done? The final edits were done in February of last year?
1: No, uh, February of last year is when I first started working with the publisher. So that was when the rough draft went to the publisher for the first time. So final edits were done, um, in December of this year. So right before published, right before publication, we went right up to that line. So I think final edits were done right before Christmas and then release date January 12th. Yeah. So uh, it took, it took a year of beta reads and edits and back and forth and all of that stuff that goes with it. It didn't really, there's a lot of time between those. So it'll go out to a beta reader and they'll have it for four weeks or six weeks and then it'll come back and then the next one will get it and they'll get it for less time. And then it progressively over the course of the year gets faster and faster and faster. So you get less and less time to work on it between all of those people giving you their feedback. <laughs> so it gets um, it gets a little stressful towards the end. But in the beginning, you have all of this time and you're thinking, I'll be able to work on it forever. It's you know never gonna end. And uh, then turns out it gets really quick at the end and you're like, hence why there was a mistake in it. And I'll live with that forever. Sure, sure.
0: Any tips for anybody else who's looking to to do same similar? Just
1: do it. Uh, I think the hardest part of the whole thing was, you know, make because there there comes a point, and I think any story or any anything you do creatively or any of those things where you're kind of like, all right, I'm kind of over it right now. Like you start out with a great idea, like you're going to sit down and you're going to write this book, and then you get you get a certain ways into it, and it stops being kind of fun and it becomes more like work. So just pushing through those places and making yourself finish it is, is the challenge. And if you can do that, I mean, that's all there is. To it. You have to sit down and make yourself do it every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm trying to do now to finish the sequel. <laughs> no kidding. No. <laughs>
0: Give yourself time. That's Cause that's you know, team. there's going to be those last minute edits.
1: <laughs> I have to finish the, the rough draft first and I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to force myself to, uh, to take the time to do it and, And honestly, you know, no excuses during a pandemic, Uh, as we're at home a lot more than we used to be, there's no excuse to not do it. So I I would say that to people, if you're thinking about doing something or there's something you want to do, stop making excuses because there aren't any.
0: If you want to do something, you should do it. (laughs) <laughs> do it now while you've got a little extra time for those that travel i think especially too i'm i'm realizing that it's like wow so i think is it today is no tomorrow will mark exactly one year since last time we traveled for business we came home from isc on on february 20th last year and,
1: and parked it <laughs> I, just, I guess i honestly i don't think that i realized how much time i spend booking hotels and packing and yeah. unpacking and and the things that I do now that I've been home, I mean, it's been since March of last year that I've been not traveling for work and um, so I haven't been home. And some of the things that I buy now I think are hilarious because I don't think I've bought salt in, like, five years. But now that I'm home a lot, I use what I have. So I have to, like, catch up. Like, things that I'm, like, are ju- just exist for me at my home. Like, I yeah. go through them all the time because I'm here all of the yeah. time.
0: Uh, yeah. But yeah. And the things you're not buying because you're not traveling. You know, it's, like, <laughs> Band-Aids, for instance. Um, It's
1: it's weird. It's so funny. My, my suitcases usually never get put away. You know, I have a a small and I have a big, so I have my carry on and then I have my huge bag and, and both of them usually just lay on the floor. And depending upon where I'm going and for how long, you know, one will get packed and I'll be out the door and I have um, two of everything. So I never pack like makeup or toiletries or any of those things. I have two of everything. So one stays at home and one stays in the suitcase. So you don't have to unpack and pack all that stuff. I've got this down to a science. Uh, but now all of that stuff's like put away. I was in my closet the other day. and I saw my suitcases. I was like, wow, it's been a really long time. (laughs) Hey (laughs)
0: guys, I haven't seen you in a
1: while. (laughs) And I thought about it, how weird it is for something that I use, you know, every day of my life to go to not using anymore. It's been interesting. Um, but I think, I think the one thing I'll take away from, from this last year is, you know, not finishing the book or any of those things, which is super fun, but how cool everybody in this industry has kind of been, as we've gone through these changes. Yeah. I think, you know, over the course of the last year, I, immediately following all this kind of crazy information that came out last March, people had this initial panic and fear reaction. What are we going to do? And how are we going to pay our employees and what's going to happen? And everybody got through that pretty well and kind of okay. And then, you know, as we go further on and now the place we are where global supply chain has been impacted and, you know, product delivery has been impacted and all of this kind of stuff. I think the kind of good humor in which our industry's kind of been able to roll with it and be like, okay, here's what's happening. We understand things are messed up, but we're all going to work together and get to where we need to be. And I think that's really cool and really speaks a lot for the people in our industry how well we've been able to adjust and, you know, be really just flexible through this whole thing and have such positive, good attitudes about it yeah, on most days. Yeah.
0: On most days. On most days. On Every, days. You know, everyone's entitled to having a not, not so great day, whether it's bad or
1: not. Yeah, some days it, it all kind of comes to a head. But yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think part of that is because we're we're sort of we're we're tech native, you know, and so it's we just we were already all over Zoom and we were already we're all over our network needs and whether I shouldn't say we had them up to par or not, but we were all over them. <laughs> we at least know the error of our ways. Yeah. and I think a lot of us work from home in some capacity or at least work remotely in in some some great capacity you know, just traveling lifestyle that sort of thing so i think it it was a little easier for us to 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 make that to make that spin but the longer it went on and it continues to go on you you know you definitely start seeing the cracks on the wall and what I think is really cool is just how much networking has been done and i think you know as as individuals within a community we now we all we now know each other at a more personal level than we ever have in the past and it's just you know we finally had time to to do that. I think that's pretty cool.
1: Well, and I think, you know, I think dude, something you said there is so great. We finally have the time, which I think is kind of a cobba. I think we've always had the time and we don't make the time because we get exactly. so distracted by everything that we're doing all day. Uh whatever that is, checking into hotels, getting on a plane, doing whatever it is, we let that distract ourselves. So I'm really thankful, you know, if we're going to take anything out of this last year, uh, you know, not just publishing a book, but that yes, the networking has been fantastic and that maybe we can all adjust kind of our expectation on how much time we have and make time for those things that have turned out to be more valuable than a lot of other things.
0: Totally, totally. You take the time or do you make the time? And those two are vastly different, but but so too is the end result. And a really good point, good point.
1: Well, I think, you know, I I don't know if you're like me, but the older we get, you know, we make plans that we're like, oh, I don't really want to do that. I don't want to go out. I don't want to leave, you know. So uh, prior to this year, I think, I think being able to be, available and you know honor commitments and you know socialize and network and do all of these things virtually has maybe been a blessing that makes people realize that those those activities and, and being around other people is more important than I think we I think we took it a little bit for granted.
0: Yeah. And hopefully yeah, we, we did. will do that. And I think too, you know, like many things, we always we based a lot of our relationships around events. And you know, so once, twice or three times a year at the major the major trade shows that we have on the AV side Residential Commercial International. You know, I think it's it's sort of like there were a lot of a lot of friendships that were based just around that that time frame or that you know that kind of environment and now those don't currently exist. so we've we've kind of had to branch branch out and uh, and I think it's really cool you're seeing a lot of sort of cross industry connection connecting to, you know, a lot of residential, commercial, international, domestic, you know, it's, 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 I think that's had the, the horizons have really opened up there. Now, what happens next? I, so think, we really that.
1: I think that's fantastic getting cross industry because, you know, Cedia mm-hmm. and Avixa have always kind of been yeah. pretty separate for, for most people. And um, yeah, nationally and internationally has been great. Everybody, even though different time zones, we've all been able to connect better. Um, I think it's, it's really cool. I mean, I do yoga with you guys on Wednesdays, and I've gotten to meet such amazing women doing that. And then Wednesday nights after that, I play with a poker group of guys that are AV pros. Uh, so we play a poker game every Wednesday night, which is super fun. Um, and we've been doing that for the whole course of the pandemic, too. So there's there's good that has come from this. Uh, yeah. So. That's yeah. awesome.
0: Okay. So that's the first, that's the first I've heard of the AV poker club, uh, which may not be the name of it, but that is, that's so cool. I not anybody do that. Yeah,
1: it's actually, it's a group of uh, my former dealers in New York city and some, um, some reps up there and they've had a game yeah. for, they've had a poker game that we used to play on Friday night. Every it was every other Friday night when I lived in New York and they've had a game for 20 years, way before I was part of that game. Uh, and since, you know, the pandemic. And I, once I moved away from New York, I didn't get to play with them anymore, which was pretty sad for me. Um, But now that the pandemic happens, we're playing virtually, I get to play again. So blessings, blessings in disguise. So it's been fun. And they were all, and the funny part about the the guys in the poker group is as I'm writing this book uh, and you have to have names for the characters in your book, all of the names of characters in the book are guys that are in the poker group. And I, I don't know that they believed me. As we're playing poker, like at night, some nights I'm like, guys, I'm using your name in this book that I'm writing. Um, I hope you don't mind, but side note, it's gonna be you're gonna be like X character or whatever, and it's it's not really about them. I mean, none of yeah. one of the guys in the book is is a woman, and you know whatever. So yeah. it it's not them. It's know them? A, <laughs> yeah, he totally knows. Uh, you had to have names for people, and coming up with yeah. names is I don't know if you know way harder than you think it would be. Um, so I just used all of their names. And uh, and it actually made it easier to kind of remember which character was which uh, as you go forth, because there's a lot of characters, uh, it turns out, in the book. Uh, but they didn't care. And I don't think they ever thought, like, anything would ever happen. And then I come to Poker Group, like, right before the January release. I'm like, side note, guys, book's coming out on, you know, Tuesday or whatever. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. Used your names. You said that was okay. Remember. <laughs> like, remember when you get mad at me. <laughs> you, you consented a long time ago. So there This is good to know.
0: If you, if you come into Kat's circle, you may become a character, in her book. Uh, <laughs> which I am totally down for just so you know.
1: Katie uh, Asked and answered. You will, you'll be in the next one. It's funny. All the guys that I work with now are really cute about it. They're like, uh, so who do I get to be in the next book? I'm like, yeah. sold, sold. sold. <laughs> yes. You you are now in there. Uh, so yeah, all the guys on my team now are characters in the next book. I, and then they're not, it's, it's not them. It's just using their names. Cause yeah. Up names Exactly.
0: exactly. Oh, I love this. This is so great. So we definitely had kind of two, two, two different phases of the conversation, one about the book and one about sort of pandemic silver linings. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time to, to to dive into both. Let's let's wrap this one up. Uh, if you would share with people how they can reach out, find, follow you, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah. So, uh, catwheeler.com is the hub for everything. You can email me at cat at catwheeler.com. I made that one super hard. Um, and then all of the links to again, follow on LinkedIn, Twitter, Goodreads, um, all of that stuff are on the website. Uh, and if you do uh, buy the book and you do enjoy it and, uh, you uh, want to share that with other people? Uh, please rate and review it on Amazon. Turns out that's how books are shown on their website, so it actually becomes super important uh, to get reviews and ratings on there. So I would appreciate it if uh, you guys would leave that feedback when you read it. If you do,
0: absolutely, absolutely, and you know that's just it's just a good thing to do. If you if you enjoy something, leave a review. the 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 merchant, the author, the, the person on the other side will benefit from that, and uh, we should all do our part. though. Very cool. Well, and that is that is cat with a K, everyone. Cat with a K, not okay. with a C. Yes.
1: Sorry, I cut you off there. What were we going to say? Oh, no. I just, for all the nerds out there, it's really interesting. If you want to do- dive deep into how Amazon's algorithms work as to like what you see when you get in there, it's gets it's really crazy. I got I got in a hole on that for some time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you now we've reached the third phase of the conversation, which is yeah. education on the but Amazon algorithms. Better. For more information on that, catwheeler.com. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, I will be talking to you about that, because I am totally fascinated by that. So. <laughs> good, good. All right, my dear. Well, I'm going to let you get on with your day. Uh, go continue compiling information for your next book in the series, and uh, information stories and character names, of course, which are all fictional, as we've said before. Yeah. But I do appreciate you taking the time, especially right before uh, before the before the weekend. Stay warm. I know it's been really frigid out there here, too. I think we're all kind of faced with that. But um, thanks. thanks again for taking the time. Again, so, so proud of you. And keep, keep rocking, girl. You're just amazing.
1: Thanks, Katie. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. We'll catch you on another show. Everyone, if you, there's a topic you'd like to discuss, please hit us up on the socials. Let's have the conversation. Let's have you on a future episode of AV Trade Talk. In the meantime, I'm your host, Katie McGregor-Bennett. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to take, take in this topic and get to know Cat Wheeler a little bit more. We'll catch you on another episode of AV Trade Talk.